Welcome to the SF Weekly Podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, your editor in exile. Kevin has the week off. Well, I won't bore you too much with the news of the day or my interpretations of it. Joe Biden's inauguration went off without a hitch. That is to say, we avoided the infliction of American carnage as the event was not disrupted by a heavily armed white supremacist militia. So that's good. In good news for Trump fans, congratulations. It only took a global pandemic and the threat of a terrorist attack on the peaceful transition of power, but it looks like the crowd gathered at the inauguration of the 46th president was, in fact, smaller than the crowd gathered at the swearing-in of the 45th. As Charlie Sheen would say, winning. Anyway, without Kevin here, I can't bounce my half-baked ideas off anyone or even share a good laugh over the wonderful Bernie Sanders memes currently zipping around the web, so we'll just get straight to it. On this week's program, we have a segment by SF Weekly contributor Veronica Irwin, who is currently putting together a cover story on the COVID-caused global aluminum can shortage and what it has meant for the local and national beer industry. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with that story. going to a bar? (laughs) Me too. To compensate, I've been ordering curbside pickup from some of the breweries whose beer I used to enjoy on tap. Fort Point, Laughing Monk, and Ghost Town Brewing are just a few examples. But what I didn't realize is that many of those breweries have been struggling to obtain the aluminum cans they send their beer home in. The only way we can get beer to most of our consumers is in uh, cans, and, and there's only a few manufacturers of it. That's Jeff Mokler, head brewer and head of operations at Laughing Monk Brewery in San Francisco. In the beer world, you know, keg sales for draft beer um, went down, plummeted, so everybody had to put their product in cans. So we all were trying to get it. Essentially, when shelter-in-place orders went into effect, breweries that relied on making 40 to 60% of their income selling kegs had to switch to making 90 to 95% canned beer. And that was nationwide. So suddenly, the demand on aluminum cans went up astronomically. Jen Coyle is co-founder and CEO of a company called The Can Van, which is a mobile canning service that works with craft beverage producers throughout Northern California. And she says she noticed the switch almost immediately. When we got the first shelter-in-place orders, things, as you can imagine, were pretty chaotic. Um, We have a whole stable of craft breweries that we work with regularly And every single one of them started calling us because they had beer that they needed to can because the market for draft just dried up overnight. So those first few weeks, uh, we were just running around trying to empty tanks that had beer in them, beer that was going to spoil before it got into consumers' hands, um, and just trying to figure out how to save the beer, which also meant canning a lot out of kegs. Uh, which we typically don't do at all. And um, everyone was just trying to figure out whether they were going to package up this beer and then close for a few weeks, or uh, people just had no idea what was going to happen. 
Now, before I go on, I actually want to tell you a little bit about the aluminum supply chain because it's actually quite complex. Most aluminum cans are made out of 73% recycled material. The can you drink out of comes from a combination of mined materials and recycled cans. Those inputs are melted into an aluminum alloy at a smelter before going to a manufacturer and then maybe through several middlemen distributors before they end up at a brewery's front door. So there's been pressure building on the supply chain for quite some time. One easy-to-understand example might be the hard seltzer fad. According to the International Wine and Spirits record, over half of American alcohol consumers were drinking at least one hard seltzer a week in 2020. And while hard seltzers only make up 0.8% of the market now, they're estimated to be about 2% of the market by 2023. For a supply chain with little flexibility, that's a big shift. There's other factors, too. Donald Trump's tariffs on aluminum affected manufacturers high up on the supply chain who couldn't always predict where they'd get raw materials from or how much they'd cost. America also has a looming recycling problem, and in California, redemption centers where people go to get that 5 to 10 cent refund on their bottles and cans have been disappearing. That means less cans are being recycled, and it's a lot more expensive for manufacturers to buy virgin aluminum than recycled aluminum. All that being said, when the pandemic really spiked the demand in aluminum cans, the supply chain just wasn't ready. And that caused a lot of problems, especially for small craft brewers that suddenly depended on buying those cans. Here's Jeff again. I thought we might be fine through it. I thought it was maybe impacting more like the big, big companies and the really small ones that were just getting into the can market. Um, but I just tried to place an order, my normal allocation for about a month. And they came back and they're like, we can only give you a quarter of it and it'll be the same for the rest of the year. There were other problems too. A lot of those supply chain factors I mentioned just got worse. For example, recycling decreased even more during the pandemic. In San Francisco, there's been about a 20% decrease in the overall waste collected by Recology. And social distancing and coronavirus outbreaks also disrupted operations at multiple manufacturing facilities. To compensate, a lot of breweries found themselves scrambling. I had to scramble that week and month just trying to contact new suppliers um, to try to get it from other people. And through that time, right around then, all the prices went up about a cent to two cents a can. So, and you just have to pay it if that's the only way you can get your product out the door. Breweries that didn't have their own canning lines or a strong relationship with a supplier were hardest hit. And that means, in general, the smallest breweries and brew pubs struggled the most. Ryan Nosek runs Ghost Town Brewing in Oakland, and he, for example, was really grateful for the strong relationship he had with the middleman supplier Berlin. Berlin works with a lot of breweries throughout the Bay Area, and in fact, I heard a lot about Berlin in the course of reporting this story. It seems like the success of a lot of our local breweries depended on how strong their relationship was with this supplier. Here's Ryan. And if you hear a little bit of background noise, just remember there's no such thing as a quiet brewery. We, you know, we're not, we're not big enough to probably deal directly with somebody like Crown or Ball, where um, the minimum order is like an entire like LTL truck filled with them, like 25 pallets. Um, so we, uh, you know, got a relationship with Berlin as our packaging partner. Um, and what's great is we can order not a, a whole truckload from them, but, uh, you know, something like a half a truckload or, uh, if, 
you know, before the pandemic, it would have been you know, like eight pallets or six pallets of cans or whatever we wanted to do. Um, and when the pandemic hit, we were able to up our quantity to meet our needs based on that kind of 95% packaging. And um, they were, it was great. Um, and we didn't have to try and scramble to find a new partner, someone that, you know, we hadn't worked with before. Um, so it was a real benefit to us. The interesting thing about those two companies he just mentioned, Crown and Ball, they're the two biggest aluminum can suppliers out there. And if you're not a huge brewery, it's virtually impossible to order from them. Berlin, on the other hand, doesn't only sell packaging, but also grain and hops to a lot of these breweries. And in addition to having standing contracts with Berlin for aluminum cans, breweries like Ghost Town also have standing contracts on grain and hops with Berlin and other companies like them. This means if Ghost Town is planned to brew a certain amount of beer and already signed the contracts for the grain and hops to brew it, they have to make that beer, pandemic or not. Ryan told me he had to send his sales reps out to all sorts of groceries and liquor stores and restaurants so he could even sell all that canned beer. Because breweries had to push so much canned beer in 2020 and set up all these relationships so they could buy the more cans, it makes sense to hold on to some of this business model. In the pandemic, breweries have introduced their product to a whole group of new customers who prefer to drink at home and may have never otherwise tried their beer on tap. Ryan says he has no intention of losing those new customers when they start selling kegs again. So that means his business has got to grow. You know, it's weird to call it a silver lining, but if there's if there's any silver lining to uh, 2020, it's that we you know were able to forge new um, relationships with customers in the retail sector uh, that liked you know packaged beer. So because you know our sales team was able to kind of do an about face and start to work with off-premise um, sales accounts. Uh, we gained a lot of new customers and a lot of new accounts. So um, if for 2021, we, we have no intention of, of leaving those customers or not fulfilling those needs um, that we have been doing for the past year almost. Um, if it had been like, you know, just a couple of weeks or a month, maybe we could have justified you know, going back to our old ways. Um, but because it lasted so long and, and we've established these relationships, it's important for us to keep them. That being said, just because there's a can shortage does not mean brewers don't want you to buy their canned beers. Local breweries, like many small companies, are really dependent on community support right now. So if you're craving a cold one, order a six-pack from your favorite Bay Area brewery. They'll be thankful to have your support. And with that, cheers! This has been Veronica Irwin for SF Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's edition of the SF Weekly Podcast. The episode was produced by me, Nick Veronin. Our audio engineer is Mike Huguenor. Veronica Irwin produced her own segment. For more hot takes, deep dives, and alternative views on San Francisco news, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever the heck it is you get your podcasts. We also encourage you to pick up a print copy of the paper and check us out online at sfweekly.com. See you next week.